And we're back. Hello. It's Junior Funners time uh, with, uh, with your friends, the, your, best, your best friends in the whole world, uh, me, Ollie, and, and Lawrence, of course. Hello. Who's, uh, yeah, and we're, we're the Junior Funners, and we're recording from uh, our base of operations here in the Fun Shack once again. Uh, it's fair to say we're, we're coming in hot on this episode, right, Lawrence? Yep. We're, we're coming in. We're, we're, we're peed. But pretty, pretty, pretty peed off. Peed the f off. Um, I mean, yeah, well, not really, but I, yeah, I mean, we 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 should probably to uh, yeah, to to clarify, uh, we better get into Arsenal news. But also, by the way, this is the podcast where we talk about Arsenal, uh, the football club, and we talk about football and that. So, uh, love it or leave it. Anyway, here's Arsenal news. Okay, so uh, as we're recording this, it's been uh, nigh on 24 hours, not, not quite 24 hours, uh, since Arsenal uh, played Watford and threw away a perfectly good 2-0 lead yeah. uh, to end up drawing the match to all. Um, Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very frustrating. Um, it was. I, I I watched the the whole match. I don't know. Did you uh, well, well, we'll get into how you uh, watched, how you uh, got your information about the match uh, in a bit. But um, yeah, it was. It, I Watford had a pretty good sort of first twenty minutes or so. Um, but Arsenal just had that little bit of quality to get their first goal, and then not long after that, they got a second through uh, through Aubameyang. Um our main man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it all looked like it was going to be fairly routine after that. Um, and then, yeah, Watford kind of came out strong in the second half and uh, managed to create some chances, but it was just not coming off. And then, and then, and then, uh, they were very generously, I thought, gifted uh, the opportunity to score from uh, the well, it was a combination, wasn't it? It was, it was Burn Leno, the goalkeeper, um, who'd been trying to play out from the back the whole match to with varying degrees of success. Uh, passed the ball out to uh, Socrates, yeah, who uh, then passed it to uh, no one inside the penalty area, and uh, yeah, Watford just seized on that and got a very easy goal, yeah, um. Just out of out of nowhere, um, out, like I said, just a complete gift from from Arsenal. Um, I have here on my on my phone. Hang, oh. hang on, I have here on my phone uh, SofaScore, which is a great app. We're mm. not sponsored by them, but mm. if we were, uh, yeah. I have here yeah. this little indicator here of okay. the pressure. So we've got like a graph. The, so the green is the home team. Yeah. Blue team is is the away team. And look at that, Watford all the second half just. Constant Damn. pressure from Watford. Yeah, so it is. It's it's like a it's like a bar graph where the the bottom bottom half of the graph is uh, like a yeah that's the away team. So Arsenal had 
the, like, like the, the brief 20 minutes in the first half. Yeah. And that's when we scored our When go- the first two yeah. goals, yeah, when Arsenal's goals went in, basically, that was the only sort of period of dominance, sustained dominance that Arsenal had. And then the rest of the second half is just constant Watford. Watford yeah. And it turns out that one game, Watford, 31 shots in total. But in the second half, well, the first half, he had eight shots, five yeah. on target. Second half, 23. Jesus. Five, that's apparently the highest number of shots Watford have had in in the Premier League ever. Wow. And that and it had to be against Arsenal, you know? Yeah. Like everything, all the records have been broken against Arsenal. It's yeah. Great. It's great. Like I said, we're very generous like that. Um so yeah, that was that was what brought it back to to two one. And then uh our uh our summer signing, uh David Luiz, once again, um gave away a ridiculous penalty. Yep. Um, that's, I mean, his record of that is pretty bad, but yeah, like, there's it, twice in the last three games. Um, yeah. and then, you know, <laughs> the one game he didn't do it in, uh, Granite Xhaka did it. So yeah. we're, we're three for three, uh, in the last three matches of giving away, uh, ludicrous penalties for no reason. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was, uh, just completely needless and very bad. It was right on the edge of the penalty area as well. So it was just, it wasn't even like... I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't even. Like he was, it was trying like to make it ditch. like no, no. He dived. Yeah, he was outside and uh, he he dived. Mm. He was doing all the gestures to the referee, but it was, yeah. clearly he had caught him in the box, and it was just yeah. you know <clears throat> typical Arsenal. Yeah, it was just I don't know. I don't. I don't know whether I want to like have a go at Emery because he partly the formation is his. Um, you know, that's down to him, and the fact that we played no sort of. No one's supporting Maitland Niles. They were constantly targeting Maitland Niles, two v one Pereira and uh, yeah. and uh, was Dale Feu and Holly Bass or whatever would be on that side. They were just two on one and cut inside. And I mean, number of shots it must have been Dale Feu probably had. I don't know. I haven't checked, but I would assume Dale Feu had the most number of shots in that game. Probably, yeah. He he, he was. If they were yeah, if they were going to get like a goal, kind of you know from open play not that their first goal wasn't from open play technically but he looked the most likely to make something happen before before it did happen um and if they you know if they were going to get a winner he looked the most likely to get it but uh yeah i don't i yeah i'm sort of uh i'm loath to blame emery entirely i do think like you said, his his the, the formation that he chose, his his decision to stick with playing out from the back, yeah. regardless, um, you know, again, just didn't pay off. Yeah. Um, and also, I thought because he's he's sort of pretty good at making substitutions. That's kind of like that was like kind of the hallmark of Arsenal's the early part of Arsenal's season last season. Um, was you know him making substitutions that changed the game, uh, if, you know in Arsenal's favour. He, he was sort of you know very good at switching a system up and, and bringing players on that had a real impact. Um, but yeah, yesterday it, I he he took Danny Ceballos off, and I didn't really, I didn't yeah I didn't really see the wisdom in that. Mm. Um, and then yeah, bringing on bringing on Joe Willock and Reese Nelson who are you know, very fine young players, but they seemed out of their depth, to be honest. Like, they, they, there was no... 
every time they got the ball going forward, it just it 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 never looked like they were going to get anywhere with it. it yeah, there was like no real belief. Reece Nelson getting shoved off the ball by Decore. Yeah, I was, I was like then carrying the ball into Arsenal's half and almost scoring, almost like Vieira style. Yeah, I was like, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great, great times. Uh, mm. I don't know, it's just like. <clears throat> We we missed uh, Lacazette, I think, and he's yep. that central. I know Aubameyang probably wants to play up front, but I kind of feel like Lacazette is probably a bit more better at you know um, keeping hold of the ball. Yeah. Even though he's short, he's got a lot of physicality and he can keep the ball up front, um, which would have been nice in a game yeah. like that. And we not having Bellerine and not having Tierney and basically having to make do with kind of yeah. Maitland-Niles, who isn't really a right-back. Yeah, he's good up to a point. I mean, he's clearly he got the assist, but uh, yeah, clearly better at going forward than yeah. he is at tracking back. Um, he does the best he can, but it is. It's not. I wouldn't necessarily blame him, but it's just. It's just obvious that that's not his position, yeah. is it? Like, it's, it's yeah, um, yeah. I I think also. Oh, I suppose the other big headline sort of before kickoff yesterday was it was Özil's first uh, yeah. first game back. Mesut Özil first game back after. Uh, Preseason and all the sort of um, various incidents he's involved with, which we've talked about before. But yeah, yeah, sort of a uh, yeah odd odd series of <laughs> things that he's been targeted uh, about. But yeah, um, and it was pretty much vintage Özil, yeah. wasn't it? it? He he made a couple of really good passes in the first half. That's basically it. It doesn't do anything. Um, doesn't do anything else. Yeah. And then he, yeah, just completely anonymous for the second half, pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just, uh, like I said, it was weird to, and he, he eventually did get subbed off, but it was weird that Danny Ceballos got subbed off before yeah. he did. I would have, why didn't you play Danny Ceballos in the number 10 position mm. if you're going to play in a diamond or whatever? Have, just have, you know, Torreira or someone like that who's a bit more, Scrappier likes to tackle and all that. That's what I thought. Yeah, start with Torreira, um, uh, and yeah, yeah, let Ceballos sort of go further into that. Sort of just behind those uh, front two of Pepe and Pepe and Aubameyang. Um Again, yeah, Pepe sort of showed promise. I think he's he'll get there. Um, yeah, you know, again, it's because it's. Because it's football, uh, plenty of people saying that he's a flop. Uh, yeah, especially uh, the money. especially uh, the guy we were talking about last week, Mark, Mark Gold, Mark Goldbridge, our best friend in the whole world. I kept world. calling him Mark Goldridge, Goldridge, so, uh, like a crisp. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Mark Goldbridge, our, our best friend in the whole world. Um, is he? So he's he's now firmly in the the camp that. Pepe is because he, he was tweeting that yeah. like football fans are too quick to react. To yeah, that sort he of said thing. like you could make a one of those contradicting posts where he's like one minute he's saying, "Ah, oh, give Maguire a chance because he's a United fan. Give Maguire mm. a chance. He may have been eighty million, but you know, give him a chance." And then the next tweet would be like, uh, "If you're having a bad day, well, uh, at least you're not Nicolas Pepe." You know he's a flop. You know basically he's just he did, yeah. A flop. Well, he did, he did he he specifically named Pepe in the tweet with yeah. Maguire saying that you know people are saying that because they might make a couple of mistakes that they're flops and he was saying you know footballers are human too. It is you know it's, you know it, I suppose that for Mark Goldbridge that sort of qualifies as like a a good point. But 
yeah, it's very funny that he's now, yeah, after all, all it took apparently was one more game. All it took is one was, more, like, you know, one more game in which Maguire has kept a clean sheet and Pepe hasn't scored. Uh, and that's the difference. Maguire is now worth all the money that was spent on him because he's kept one Yeah, because you know have a clean sheet. Um, He'd rather have uh, Daniel James than Nicolas, Pe- Nicolas Pepe. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. What was the other? He did another. Oh, it is uh, one. Here's one he did seven hours ago. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should read it out. Where certain Arsenal fans melting down like ice cubes on a frying pan. Love to see it, but come on. Watford first game with a new manager was always going to be a, going to be tough. Arsenal need to lower expectations. You're fighting for fourth with us. Uh, well, no. I mean, yesterday very specifically they were fighting for third. I mean, if Arsenal yeah. had won, they would have they would have gone third. Um, so. Yeah, again, just brilliant, brilliant insight from, from Goldbridge. Yeah, this one. Um, Ever had that feeling you're not good enough? Now you know how Pepe feels tonight. Like, uh, Yeah, uh, so I, that's that's pretty funny that he's obviously, yeah, enough enough United fans obviously got angry that he tweeted that people should be more forgiving of, uh, of Maguire and Pepe, and now he's just, uh, yeah, completely abandoned that. Yeah. Um, the other tweet I saw of his this week that that really uh, made me laugh was uh, he was saying, um, I think it, it was after England played. I suppose that's, that's the other sort of thing we should cover. England England played Kosovo. Uh, final score five three. I didn't actually watch the match. I do kind of regret it because it seemed like it was kind of nuts. It seemed they just had everything. Yeah, um, I watched I watched it, and I was like, oh, well, five five one. I missed the uh, first uh, three goals. Yeah, I got it was on. I, was, I went ran downstairs to uh, turn on telly. It was like two one already. It was yeah, and um, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I thought it was just going to be a routine. And then Kosovo, respect to Kosovo for uh, yeah, fighting, coming back into the game. And uh, yeah, typical England. I, I never again. It's like watching Arsenal at times, trying to play out from the back and then yeah, cocking up and then good old good old uh, yeah. I mean, you could see. I mean, because the, the other match I watched yesterday was was Bournemouth Everton, and you could still you could see like they they also tried to play out from the back, you know and. Everton's defenders did kind of fuck over Jordan Pickford a couple, like for at least a couple of uh, Bournemouth goals. The Everton defenders did kind of fuck over Jordan Pickford. Um, but yeah, but yeah, while I think while that match was going on, or, or just after that match had finished, Goldbridge tweeted um, somebody the effect of uh, for Chelsea fans, it's Lampard. But yeah, um, yeah, Chelsea fans thinks Chelsea fans think it's Lampard. Liverpool fans think it's Gerrard. United fans know that it's Skulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just like, was there even much overlap? Because I don't think they all played together that often. Because no. Skulls retired really early, didn't he? Yeah, he, sort of 2002, I think, last time he played, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he, he retired from international football when he was only like 29 or something. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I think he, he carried on playing club football for a few years after that, but... But yeah, I don't think I don't think he would have been in the same team as Gerard and Lampard for that long. So it's like a weird, yeah, that's a weird thing. But again, you know, class of '92 can't be can't be questioned. They're uh, infallible, all knowing. Um, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Anyone that was class of '92 is a uh, but. But yeah, we we probably chatted enough shit about Man United last week, and I think we need to we don't need to go back to that particular well just yet. Although I think we will. We will have to probably have a regular segment where we we check in with with Mark Goldbridge because he is uh, 
Because that, that's that's how you watched the, the match yesterday, yeah. wasn't it? You watched him I watched streaming. His, his stream along. It was quite in, enjoyable at first. So for anyone because, that doesn't know what that is, yeah. basically Mark Goldbridge watches the match on his laptop and then describes to you what's happening. In some kind of, one of those um, got like template a, studio things that they give you for like green screens. Yeah, he's got like, yeah, exactly. He's got like a green screen set up so it looks like he's in some kind of, it looks like a cross between like a, like the Sky Sports newsroom yeah. and like an underground bunker. Yeah. Like it, it's like, it's yeah, just, it's like, so it's like a bomb shelter crossed with like a news desk. You could hear a baby crying in the background all the, all the way through. And, uh, no, that's uh, <laughs> no, his name's yeah. Mark Goldbridge. We've, oh. we've been over this. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was quite fun at half time because he was sitting there kind of real, real uh, moody face. He must have been furious, yeah. And he was just sort of like really annoyed. It cut out for a, for a moment because I thought, oh no, I was having fun. It's cut out, but then it came back. Rage quit. But then as soon as it was cleverly who got a goal, so former Man United player, and he's like, mm. cleverly with the goal, crap for United, but he's got a goal. Arsenal are crumbling like a popper dom in a blender. Oh my god! Yeah, it, it's. I can't like overstate enough that this guy is like millennial Alan Partridge. Like, yeah. it, like again, if you were, if you were rebooting Alan Partridge from the ground up as like a as a as a as a, as a Twitch streamer. Um, it it just yeah, it's this guy. It's just, and I don't it's know, just, I don't know how much of it is self-aware. I don't. I I some of it is because he'll retweet the out of context Mark Goldbridge Twitter yeah. account, which is like just you know little clips of him playing FIFA and being really shit. Yeah, and saying you know saying his little Goldbridgeisms. Um, so, but it's, it's like I do. I, yeah, people making fun of him for wearing a pink shirt, and he's getting all like. Takes a real man to wear a pink shirt. <laughs> I d- yeah, that's a. I mean, that is nuts. That that's still like an issue. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. But um, this is this is the world of football. It's just it's yeah. Like but, they never got out of um, middle school. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Although, how many teams now have like pink away kits? So yeah. That is like a. That's a pretty common thing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, it, there's, there is. There is a mentality sort of within football and a lot of football fans that is just like profoundly like you really don't see it anywhere else in, in adult life. Like it really is that level of kind of just like being back in primary school and being like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they said you smell. Your, your no, team, I don't. Your team's rubbish. No, your team's No, they're rubbish. not. Oh my God. Mm. They're not rubbish. Stop it! Like, it's... Yeah. That's pretty much what all football banter is. It's, yeah. like, someone just saying something, like, very stupid and innocuous, and then, like, someone else just got, like, it, yeah. Taking it just, like, so personally. Oh, that was that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> when I was watching... Because I was watching the uh, the Arsenal match on, on Sky Sports... Uh, for some reason, the pundits they had were so it was just like the I can't remember the guy's name, the guy hosting it, and then the two pundits they had, they're, they're Tim Cahill, which I sort of understand because mm. he was uh, obviously at Everton for forever, and the previous match was was Bournemouth Everton, uh, and then it was Sooners, it was just Graham Sooners, mm. um, I guess just because he they had to get someone to cover the match, yeah. but but because I mean he doesn't have any connection to. 
Bournemouth, Everton, Watford, or Arsenal, but whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, he was. Uh, there was some potential like VAR thing. I can't even remember. I think it was maybe Arsenal's first goal. There was like a possible. Oh yeah, Dick. it was oh, a the, possible foul the, by yeah. Sabas on Will Hughes. Yeah, but the ref didn't blow for it. I, yeah, some of the Watford players he stopped got, playing because the they thought it would. Yeah, and it, it's like the ref didn't blow for it. That's it. But Graham Sooners was clear was like about to launch into a v, another VAR rant, and uh, the host just immediately cut him off and said, "Let's save that for another time, shall we?" Yeah. And uh, the look on Sooners's face was just—he was furious. Like he was just, like he might as well have just said. Fuck off, you fucking miserable sack of shit! Like it just, yeah. It, he he looked just like he wanted to stab him in the car park afterwards. Like it was, it was, yeah. But it was amazing. It was amazing just to see him being cut off like that. Like when he was so clearly like ramping up for a, a yet another VAR rant. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You could argue that. Well, they, they said this on. I saw it on their YouTube channel that apparently VAR can't cancel because uh, it looked like for a Watford's goal that they kind of creeped into the box before he Leno had played the ball. I saw that, yeah. And they said, yeah. oh no, that doesn't come under VAR for some reason, anyway. But didn't the the first match of the season, didn't City have to retake a penalty for that exact reason? Yeah, this is a thing. So, because, like, yeah, because I'm pretty sure, because their penalty... West Ham, wasn't it? Fabianski saved the penalty and he had to retake it because someone was encroaching into the area. But mm. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's still that's the other thing, it's still like brand new. Like, we're only five yeah. weeks into using it in the Premiership. Like, it's it, it's still it's still brand new. It is going to take there is going to be some like bumpy bits along the way, but it's just like. The longer we stick with it, the easier it's going to get. The shorter these checks are going to take. You can see it happening already. Like a lot of these checks don't take anywhere near as long as they did yeah. in the first couple of games of the season. Like it's already getting easier. Um, compared because that was one of the big things everyone was like sort of wringing their hands about is oh, ruins the flow of the game. It ruins the spirit of the sport. It's like it's you know because they have to wait maybe two minutes to like review something and it's just like well no the more we use it the easier it's going to get for everybody like it's you know especially because it's like the people that are using the technology to review it are the their referees or former referees or you know people that have been officials and you know a lot of them are fairly old men <laughs> like it's yeah. you know like they're not they're, this is all tech like not only is it like brand new technology it's like you got like people that don't necessarily in their day job haven't had to work with this type of tech ever. Um, so yeah, it, it is going to take a little while, but like I said, you can see already that it's getting easier and faster and more efficient. Um, so it is, yeah, I think it's worth it. These little, these little road bumps are just like in the grand scheme of things. Everyone wants these decisions to be made correctly and, and they will be. Yeah. I was going to talk about how um it's funny how last week I was talking about um United's form they'd only won like three in fifteen games now apparently Arsenal are the same ah Emery out yeah <laughs> clearly yeah clearly I do, no I that's 
I mean, I'm sure there's some Arsenal fans out there that are already. Yeah, the ones who I doing that. have followed just for the podcast purposes, I have something to talk about, have started, somewhat <laughs> started to do it. They're so fickle. It's unbelievable. It is like all football fans. Yeah, it, it's just, it really doesn't take much. Um, I, just, I just want to rant about David Luiz, blooming clown. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I rescind my initial optimism um, about him joining the club. It's yeah, he's got a, he's got some, uh, he's got a way to go before I think he earns uh, the the trust of a lot of Arsenal fans again. I think um, he's going to have to. Uh, well, hopefully Rob Holding will come back and yeah, drop it, drop Louise. Yeah, Rob Holding's in, he's in full training again uh, with the team. I think he's playing with the under twenty threes. So I think he he's. Yeah, maybe a couple of weeks away. Very, very close to coming back to uh, mm. to the first team. And then I think, yeah, by the end of this month, uh, yeah, by the end of this month, we sh- should have Bellerin and Tierney. They're, they're due back around the same time, early yeah. October. So, yeah, I think, maybe, I, I think possibly Emery's plan for Louise is more just to have him there as kind of like a, like a mentor figure, as more of a coach. Like, like Bournemouth did with Jermaine Defoe uh, when they brought him back, um, for whatever reason, it didn't really work with the system they had at that point. Um, but he apparently was very valuable in terms of teaching, coaching, mentoring the other strikers in the squad. So you know, like Callum Wilson and, and Josh King and and those guys. Um, he was kind of, yeah, it, it was just useful to have him there because of all of his ex- experience and whatnot. So I'm wondering if that's what's going to happen with David Louise, if having him there is more of just a, like, you know, Emery can just sort of be like, you know, no, this guy's won a World Cup and, well, you know, every other trophy pretty much. Um, so it might be that he's got more use as like a, again, just kind of like a like a coach figure rather than week in, week out, being a guy that you rely on to uh, lead the back. Cause... I, I want to call out members of some of the Bona League chat, and I was going to say, like, <laughs> some of, oh, one, shit. one of them said, oh, you should go down the club legend line as for picking managers. I'm like, well, who? Not a lot yeah. of Arsenal, ex-Arsenal players are managers, apart from Vieira. Also, it's like, that doesn't... And then that, that's that so rarely works as well. Yeah, like, and another one. I won't. I won't name them, but they know who they are. And they were saying, <laughs> uh, "I remember when Arsenal fans uh, were happy for something. I can't remember uh, what, when Louise signed. It's like who who was who was positive about? I wasn't. Well, I I was. Oh, okay. I was. Yeah, I think I I, I said on the ah. podcast I was like. <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> I thought I had a point there. No, I, I did. That's that's why I said I rescind my initial yeah. optimism because I did say on the podcast I was, I was being positive about. It. Just, I think just the fact they were signing a defender, like I was just like yes, like you know, just yeah, just just another defender. I wasn't really thinking about you know who it was, <laughs> or what his track record was, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like the the. The whole thing of just getting a club legend in to manage the club because they used to play there so rarely works. Yeah, um, it's just yeah. I, I, I'm I'm very glad Arsenal didn't go that route. Yeah, because um, well, we'd have Mikel Arteta or someone like that, right? Oh, yeah, remember he was being rumored. And- yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, but he's sort of 
he seems to be doing the sensible thing of like just being assistant manager. Yeah, I think he and it, I I doubt he would go for such a high profile job at, as his first job. Hmm. Um, you can kind of tell the ones that are, are serious about like you know learning everything they can and serious about coming becoming like a good manager and a good coach because they don't they don't just te- you know <laughs> unlike say a Tim Sherwood yeah. They don't just uh, take the the first job that's offered because it's a high profile thing. You know, they don't think about: Am I necessarily right for this role? Um, mm. Am I actually going to be able to do anything here, uh, or is it just going to be? You know, I'll sign a contract for two years, get sacked after four months, collect my four million pounds. See what Chelsea is. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, Chelsea is just like. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we've talked about it before, but it's like, who would manage Chelsea at this point? Like, yeah. there's no, there's no like metric for success there that like that guarantees you. Yeah, Mourinho's biding. Mourinho's biding his time. He's just waiting for the right time. <laughs> Why would he come back to the Premiership like, at this that point? That was another thing. Like, All these stupid Arsenal accounts that I follow, they were like, oh yeah, I'd have Mourinho in a heartbeat. No, you bloody no. would. I don't yeah. want Mourinho managing me. Uh, no, because it's like, what? I, do you not remember? Like, it, do you not remember like how badly it went for him uh, everywhere? Like everywhere he's been after the first season. Yeah. Like it. Like especially like it didn't even it didn't even work at United. Like he won the Europa League and was it the League Cup? Yeah. And that was like and he bragged like it was such a such an achievement. Yeah. But and it's like he didn't, he couldn't even he couldn't even build on that. Like it was, just, you know, he was. Everyone is so, like, just sick of him. Everyone's mm. so wise to his bullshit now. His whole act, the whole way he sets up his teams, everyone, everyone knows it. Everyone's everyone can set up to play against it. It's like it's no longer like a. It's, yeah, it's no longer like this sort of mysterious thing that, like, you know, it's just like I don't, you know, I don't see a way through this team. It's just like everyone, everyone now knows how to play against Mourinho teams. It's just been diminishing returns over the last sort of decade or so. Every club he's been to. If we bring it back to um, the Arsenal Watford game, it's like not playing out from the back isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just mm. I don't agree when they're they're allowed they're now allowed in the box. Yeah, I just think stay outside the box. Give yourself a bit more. Like space, it does. Yeah, Martin Tyler, I think, mentioned it in the commentary yesterday for, for the Arsenal match. It's like it's almost as though the change in the rules has been misinterpreted to the point where managers think you have to have players in the box yeah. when you're playing out. It's it's like just because it's changed doesn't mean you have to play it that short. Because it just, I mean, you know, as we've seen, it just invites this pressure. It's like you, it can be done, uh, and it can be, you know, and there's a, like a time and a place to do it. Like I watched, but just um, insisting on doing it every time is just nuts. I was watching the Liverpool Newcastle game, and Liverpool play out from the back, but they don't literally go like into the box. They yeah, stay, they yeah, they're not setting up like little triangles in their own penalty area. Like it, it's yeah, like I can kind of, I can kind of see what Emery's trying. He's trying to, in many ways, trying to replicate the shape that Liverpool play when they have, when they have the ball because Firmino isn't necessarily a centre forward. He's like that. Yeah. Uh, false nine, whatever they call it, and then yeah. Salah and Mane sort of fill the fill the space. So yeah. they're kind of more central, and then Robertson and Alexander Arnold push forward. So they're kind of like the wide players. 
So I can understand what this kind of thing he's going for. It's just that right now he doesn't have the players because they're injured. Yeah. And, you know, we if, if we had Lacazette, I'm sure it probably might have been a different result. And it would be Ellen and Tierney. Yeah. But unfortunately, we're, yeah, it was just, you know, yeah. fortunately we have uh, David Luiz cocking up and then Socrates giving the ball away. Yeah. I think just uh, we still need to, you know, we still... I've I've lost my trail of thought now. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, yeah, it, it, I, it, you're right. If Lacazette had been fit, you kind of wonder there'd have been more depth on the bench. Uh, he could have made you know the the changes to the system that would have come later in the game. Wouldn't have been so kind of uh, seemingly out of nowhere. Um, it yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it it's a shame, um, and a real, just a yeah, such a disappointment. Like having been so in control, I mean, yeah. it's sort of similar to what happened with Spurs against Arsenal the week before, where it's you know they just had like a a commanding two goal lead. It seemed like seemed like it was all done, um, and then yeah, just it just. All it, thing, took, like, all it took was just... Yeah. One week we're like, oh, we came back from 2-0 down. We're great. Yeah, great. Mm. Then next was, oh, we gave away two goal. Oh, rubbish. We're the worst yeah. team ever. Now it's we just, know how it feels. Oh, the irony. Yeah. 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 That shit sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's uh, yeah, a, bit of a bit of a bumpy start to this season. Um, we man, we could talk about um, Norwich City. Let's just praise. Uh, let's yeah. Shout out to Norwich City for uh, beating uh, Man City. Yeah, I mean that's good. yeah, that's huge, especially at this early point in the season. Um, it's yeah, I mean like the the kind of keeps that race for the like the other top spots that you know in the table wide open. Liverpool, you know, still got their hundred percent record at the moment. But yeah, I mean that's I, I don't think anyone would have seen that coming. Norwich beating Norwich beating City. Um yeah. Especially I mean they... That's what's funny is um just because um is it Todd Cantwell's his name? Uh, the Norwich plays uh, on the left. Someone Cantwell, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. And yeah. now I because I see like United fans are all like, Yeah, we better better, better buy Cantwell. <laughs> we better we gotta buy him. By Pookie and Pookie, go by Pookie. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, God, yeah. You do this every time. They're just so funny. Lemmings, Ugh. fucking lemmings. Um, yeah, I, but I mean, especially considering when you weigh up, I'm sure this was this has been brought up ten million times. But yeah, the amount of money City have spent in the previous transfer window versus how much Norwich spent. Yeah. Um it, yeah, it's 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 incredible for them to You could probably look up on uh, that Sofa Score app. It's such oh, yeah. a great app for football statistics. Mm. Um it does show you the value of the squad. Mm. The one that was starting if I can load it up anyway. So I'm sure yeah, the but I think the City are um Oh those are the yeah, in terms of fantasy football I was really glad that I uh took out Wan Basaka and put in Zinchenko. Because um, that really paid off. I was, I mean, I was, I was really struggling until until yesterday with the with the the Bournemouth and Arsenal uh, matches. I think I had nine points in my team, 
It's um, like, okay, so Man City market value total of players, uh, 585.4 million. Fuck. And Norwich, only 45 million. <laughs> wow. You could buy, like, <laughs> who did we buy for 45 million? Um, Ozil. <laughs> Ozil. Yeah, you could buy Ozil for that. Yeah. Amount, right? That's that's nuts. Yeah, you could probably you could buy like a like a one bedroom house in London for that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that referring to? I don't know. Uh, property prices in London oh, yeah. are notoriously uh, very right. high. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's why it was funny. Um. Yeah. That you just expose yourself as not a true Arsenal fan. I made a joke about London, oh, and you didn't get it. Yeah, well, Ugh. I do. Don't I? Don't live in plastic. London. Yeah, I am plastic. Glo- fucking glory hunter. That's that's funny. yeah. The I'm a, of, yeah, I'm a glory the idea hunter. of an Arsenal fan being a glory hunter. Is I'm very a massive funny. glory hunter. That's yeah. why I support Arsenal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Pookie, for giving me some points on the. I'm now up to fourth. Well, until tonight, I don't know if um. Because some people have um, I've I I Sebastian Haller is his name in West Ham. If he gets you got the name, I've yeah, I've got a few players playing to it because my goalkeeper is Fabianski. He's sort of been my my kind of he was he was my substitute goalkeeper, and I refused to transfer out Allison yeah. until he recovers. So he's just on my but Fabianski makes uh, tons of saves. So it's like if they keep a clean sheet, that's great. But if they don't, he still usually gets some points just from making it a shit ton of saves. And also, he does have a very good record uh, as a penalty saver as well. Um, so yeah, that that was sort of my my genius, uh, <laughs> my sort of dark horse move. But yeah, I got I got him playing, and then I've also I got a couple of Villa players as well. So could still make up some ground. But yeah, I I, I was doing really bit because I had like my captain was Sterling, and he didn't do shit. Yeah. Uh, I had yeah Van Dyke Zinchenko. I had Johnny for uh, for Wolves. He got zero points because obviously they got battered by Chelsea. Um, yeah, Milivojevic for Palace. I think he got one point because he got booked right at the end of the match. So yeah, I was uh, yeah, I was, was going to really put, struggling. I was going to put Tammy Abraham, but always I was I was like, no, nah, he's not going to. And then he gets a hat trick and an own goal, but I was yeah, I was I remember like when I was first putting my team together at the start of the season, I was on the brink of putting Mason Mount in my team and I was just like, nah, he's not gonna not right away this season, surely. And then lo and behold, he's uh yeah, absolutely absolutely flying. Um so yeah. Just goes to show folks, you know, just because we've got a podcast about football doesn't mean we actually know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you know. You could, that's what that's what football's all about. It's all about just like not knowing and just sort of blagging yeah. your way through. I mean, that's that's sort of what we were saying earlier. It's like, yeah, football fans are just sort of like no one actually, no one actually knows any of this shit, and everyone just sort of it's all, it's all just gut instinct and over overreacting and emotional, just sort of tribalism in a way. It's just yeah, it's it's nonsense, but it's beautiful nonsense, and we love it. Yeah. Um, some people really get into politics. Mm. I get really into football. Yeah, I mean, at least getting into football makes some sort of sense. I mean, the people that get really into politics yeah. are just freaks. Um, the idea of like treating politics as like your hobby or whatever is yeah, just, that's your personality is just like yeah, that's yeah. just that's insane. That's real psycho shit. Um, but yeah, um, 
Was there any other any other Arsenal news? Who are we who are we playing next? I can't remember. Oh, is it United? We got United soon, yeah. haven't we? I don't think it's the next match. I think it might be the one after. It got me now. Oh, I've exposed just, plastic fan. Doesn't know. Well, yeah, I didn't know either. Doesn't know the the schedule. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying what to get up, but my phone plastic is plastic uh, fan. Don't know what he's doing. I'm I'm kind of stalling for right. My phone's just a. So we are playing Villa. Oh, okay, right. So now fuck that up. Um, I think yeah, Villa and then United. I think something. United is the week after. Yeah, and um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Monday, Monday the thirtieth. I've, away, away to United. Now we should be able to beat Villa because, because hopefully we will learn from this mistake and we shall do better. Yes, un- unlike all of the other mistakes, uh, that we we've shall made. colloquially step up, as yes. they say in football. This one, this mistake is different uh, in that we will learn from it. All the other mistakes we made. Uh, were uh, just impossible to learn from, I guess. They were just, you know, they were but, just, they were gimmies, you know, they were just, they were, were, were taking a mulligan on all, all those other mistakes. Uh, talk back about me being a passive fan. Imagine being like just supporting a team that just constantly wins every year. Yeah. Every, I mean, just, it's like, ah, oh, they won again. Yeah. Oh, great. It's much more fun being an Arsenal fan. It's like every, every year it's, Every week it's up and down. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. It's yeah, great. Yeah, you never, you've got to be able to appreciate those highs. Uh, you, really, you really do. It's Like people who say like, I'm a Barcelona fan, I'm a Real Madrid fan. It's like, wow, but that's a real commitment. Yeah, that's like, yeah. That's a real white knuckle ride every year for you guys, huh? That's... Segwaying to another final. That's, yeah. Yeah. We won the league by 50 points again. Yeah. You know, it's such a... Half-assing oh. it to, uh, yeah. To a, semi, like, to a Champions League semi-final, at least. I've seen Americans being uh, Barcelona fans. It's just like... Mm. Yeah, but that's, you know, Americans love winning, don't they? That's, they do that's, love winning. Yeah, so that's... That, that, he, he certainly is winning. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. That's, yeah. I saw someone use winning in a, in a Facebook status, like, a year ago. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> It's like, it's 2012 all over again. The Harlem yeah. Shake is back. It's, and... Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. That auto-tune video of him going winning, are oh, so funny, so funny, so uh, epic. Yeah. I was thinking about that a couple of days ago, like the, the, the fact that like uh, the writers of that show had to be like, they had to come up with a way to write Charlie Sheen out of the show. <laughs> and it was like, what? Because I think in the end, didn't he like has a car crash or something, doesn't he? Like he crashes his car, and then Up the no show, idea, and then but... Ashton Kutcher is is the new guy um, in the show. They may as well just said like, I don't know, eaten, eat, abducted by aliens, died on the way back to his home planet. On the way back to his home, yeah. he was an alien, um, third rock from the sun, you know. Like, but I do, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder, like, what were they? What were they? Because th- like. Was it? it would, did did people know at that point? Was it sort of like a one of those sort of secrets that weren't really secret that Charlie Sheen had HIV? Because I'm wondering if that ever, like, you know, if there was some like shithead like edge lord writer in the Two and a Half Men writers' room that was like, oh, what if what if his character got AIDS and died? Like, it's yeah. 
Isn't I, the writer who does Two and a Half Men also do Big Bang Theory? The guy that created it, yeah, he's yeah. he's like a a, a a a like a big comedy genius. He created that. Created uh, Mike he just and Molly. Knows, he just knows the normie um, mind and what it likes in terms of comedy. Yeah, yeah, it really is just like just, yeah, yeah. It's it's unparalleled. It's it's mystifying um, that yeah that one man could have so many hits. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. But uh, but yeah, Two and a Half Men, man. That was one of those ones that just like... I feel like it ran for like 10 seasons and won a bunch of awards. And uh, I don't know anyone that liked it or watched it. Like, I remember Big Bang Theory. It's like, I don't know anyone who watches it. At least I hope. But, yeah. Um... But like you see like Big Bang Theory like merch everywhere. You know what I mean? Like I, I, see, yeah. I see like... If you get an HMV, like there's a you know there's a bunch of like Big Bang Theory T-shirts and mugs and posters. I might it's not get like, one now. It's not. <laughs> Bazinga! It's, I want one of those. <laughs> but it's not like anyone was walking around with like two and a half men T-shirts. You yeah. know what I mean? Like no one was walking around with like a yeah like a, I think a, a two and a half men like two and a half mug. men wasn't on uh, E4, which is a much more I would assume is a much more popular channel than ITV2. Maybe yeah, although I, yeah, I think yeah, because E4 is like a free view channel, isn't it? So, but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think I think a lot of times probably just young people who aren't really watching. They're probably just on their phone. They just have it on background. Yeah, and the laugh track lets them yeah. know when something funny happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember like watching like Two and a Half Men when I was younger. And just like assuming that it had to get good at some point, because I was like, it was Charlie Sheen's in it. Like, you know, I remember him from Hot Shots. I like Hot Shots. Like, that's got to, you know, it's got to count for something. Like, you, you know, he wouldn't have, <laughs> he, <laughs> Charlie Sheen wouldn't have signed up to do a show that was bad, you know? Uh, and then it turns out that's exactly what he did. Um, and not only did he, did, did he sign up to do a show that was bad, he became the highest paid actor in television for a while for it. I think he was getting. $1.2 million an episode. Yeah, it wasn't Hugh Laurie before that. Yeah. Because he was in House. And, uh, I don't yeah. know who it is now, because I'm sure. Did they even do TV? So isn't all on Netflix? And, <laughs> like, every channel now has a streaming service, if I want to watch. Yeah. It's good that uh, all of those big corporations yeah. learned their lesson. And now you know why we have the BBC. Yeah. I'm not saying the BBC's bad. I'm just saying this is why, because it's better, in many ways, if you have something which we can all watch. Yeah. And we don't have to pay... You know, out the wazoo. Yeah. To, yeah. Pay up the ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I really I can't wait to uh, pirate all of the Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. Gonna pirate the shit out of The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll wait till it's on DVD and get it for Christmas. <laughs> Does that even happen anymore? I do. I've, I think that's why they call me a. Uh, a traditionalist, no, not really. <laughs> I wait till Christmas <laughs> like, to get things. You're like one of those one of those vinyl guys, yeah. but with DVDs. Yeah. It's like it's actually the way that the show was meant to be watched. Yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah the uh, on the Blu-ray, v- so I can see all the like yeah, detail. See all the yeah it's the, the way the show was meant see to be seen. See all the makeup. Yeah, you can see all the pores on uh, on like the drunk see, actors' you faces. You can see the needle where the yeah. needle went in on his arm. Yeah, you can see. You can see every tattoo on Jared Leto's face um, when you watch Suicide oh. Squad. Did you see, by the way, that they've announced like the cast for the new Suicide Squad film? Not yet. No, it's I... um, 
So it, it I, I don't know if you followed the whole controversy with uh, with James Gunn, yeah, the the making those jokes, but yeah, yeah cancel culture jokes like ten years ago when everyone was yeah. doing those jokes, but it, yeah, but then, yeah, a bunch of like right wing dipshits like Mike Mike Thurnovich, um, and uh, you know a bunch of other like right wing uh, dickheads had like a a fake outrage yeah. campaign to get him fired from doing Marvel films. Because he was, but he's doing... back now, and he yeah yeah, but he can't make the next Guardians of the Galaxy film until this Suicide Squad film comes out, and they announced the cast for it, and it's pretty much just all Marvel people in it. Like there's like there's like four people from like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, like the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie he did. But it's, I noticed that there's like there's only like two people from the previous Suicide Squad film in it. There's like Margot Robbie hmm. and Viola Davis. And no Will Smith. There's no. There's no Will Smith. There's no Jared Leto. Like there's no what? like Jared Leto's Joker. The iconic oh, Joker. That's so much better than Heath Ledger and, and Jack Nicholson and Mark Hamill and yeah, it's like that's the one true Joker. It's yeah. I will recommend uh, Arkham Asylum. It's a good game. Yeah. Good game. Yeah, that's like a fun like movie that's kind of a game. It's uh, yeah. or a game that's kind of a movie depending on how you uh, how you view it. But uh yeah, so, because I think, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, the weird way that this, that, you know, time is a flat circle and we're just riding a big snake that's eating its own tail, is that Jared Leto is currently filming the, uh, m- the, is it Mobius or Morbius, the, the Spider-Man vampire, there's like a character in the Spider-Man mm-hmm. comics who's a vampire that they're trying to do like a, like they did with Venom, like Sony is trying to build yeah. like a, yeah. Universe of just Spider-Man villains, I guess. Um, or maybe they'll, maybe it will be a Spider-Man universe because now they've got Spider-Man back. You know, they're not. He's he's no longer part of the MCU after they've done an entire film about how Spider-Man is gonna <laughs> like lead the Avengers now, and he's taking over from Tony Stark and everything. Um, but yeah, so that like he's he's doing that, which I'm pretty sure means he can't be uh, the Joker anymore. Um, so I guess we, but it doesn't matter because there's, it's not like there's a Joker shaped hole left in our hearts because, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is, is Joker now. Hmm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to go see the film because I don't want to be put on a list. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm, I'm scared of, um, uh, of, of getting shot up in a mass shooting. Yeah. Um, cause I read, uh, people who tweet nothing but society yeah all day on that Twitter. we live in yeah, yeah. i saw a, an article about how it's going to inspire uh, a bunch of like incel related murders um because it's the first film <laughs> to do you know it's, it's it's you know it's not like it's not like there's been decades you know it's not like taxi driver or falling down or any of those films exist um <laughs> this is one where he, you know, the the guy in it wears makeup, so that for some reason is like a that makes it stand out to four chan people. I don't know, um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's the comic book movie roundup. Yeah, <laughs> I don't read comics. I mean, I have a mm. very casual n- knowledge of stuff, mm. but uh, yeah, you uh, you read the Watchmen. No, no, that's that's one of the few that I've read. Um, I don't have a single comic book. No, <laughs> you're just, I'm not not a, you're not too, a badge of honor. It's just you're too highbrow. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not really into 
that sort of thing. Right, Frasier. I mean, I mean, the films are okay. They're right. They're nice to watch on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's loads of them. There's, yeah. Um, it's I right, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I it's it's very like uncool to admit to liking the Marvel movies, but uh, but I do. I think you know the. Yeah. They're fun. It's not fun that like Disney owns all of uh, yeah. all of culture. That was, that was quite funny um, how people were like, "Please Disney, please don't sell uh, Spider Man to." Yeah. Don't, please keep hold of everything. Yeah, that was yeah. People that were sort of like bootlicking these massive corporations, <clears throat> and yeah. everyone that was like, "Oh, Avengers Endgame just made whatever it was, you know, ten hundred billion dollars. Well done, guys. We did it." It's just like. That corporation would like if your initials spell like D I S, uh, they will sue you for that being too close to Disney. Like that, they like. In fact, like someone on Twitter pointed out that um, because of the copyright law that Disney had changed back in the seventies, um, if they hadn't done that, because you know they it now means that like copyright law is basically fucked forever because Disney can just keep making money out of everything that they own in perpetuity forever and ever and ever, as opposed to copyrights expiring after whatever it is, 50 years and things entering the public domain. Um, Had that been left alone, Spider-Man would now be a public domain character, so they wouldn't have to be locked in this very bitter bidding war with Sony for the rights to keep making the uh, the Spider-Man films. So it's a little bit of kind of... Little bit of poetic justice there, I guess, but not really, because then there's like a bunch of other they'll characters. Be, they'll be buying all the porn parodies and yeah. having Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you should tweet that. I did, and no one liked it, so I had to. I'm gonna, you got you got to RT. I'll have you gotta, to do it again. You'll be one of those like one of those absolute freaks that only tweets at certain times to get like optimum engagement. Yeah, I don't even know what that is because most of my followers I assume are American, and I don't know whether they're in bed or not. It's yeah. I I never. I can't imagine like being that like obsessed with those sorts of details. Like, yeah, I, d- I never read the analytics because they're on my phone anyway, so I can't really. Yeah, it, I, I'll I'll do it now. Mm. Live tweeting. Okay, so yeah, if you're listening to this, go on Twitter. You, it's at Epic Skate Ata, isn't it? It's Epic. Uh, yeah. Epic Skate with the number eight and then Ata after it. Um. Yeah, look that up, and uh, you'll you'll find Lawrence. If you're not following already, which frankly you should be, I mean we're both. I spell we're, porn with a z, with a z, naught rather than a. Oh, a, prawn. Yeah, prawn. Yes. Uh, and and the belated sequel, Prawn Legacy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we're both on we're both on Twitter. I'm at, at Ollie Munster. Lawrence is at Epic Skate Ater, and we've got the at Junior Funners account as well. Um, so yeah, follow us. On uh, on all that to get your uh, get your fix get your fill of uh, of Junior Funners content I guess um you you hit hit send on that bad boy you hit hit oh, yeah. tweet hang on you're gonna become one of those people that puts tweet at the end of every every t- or send at the end of every tweet that doesn't get annoying there's no, a guy that, that there's a guy that does do that with like every tweet even if it's not like a even like even with like sincere tweets um which is just baffling to me like i he's i'm i'm assured that he's a very funny guy but it just i can't like that 
that affectation of just putting send or send tweet at the end of every tweet is just so irritating. Is this, is this a uh, Disney are buying all their porn parodies of their IPs to be put on a new streaming service, Disney Plus? There we go. Good stuff. Good stuff. I tweeted this once, but I didn't get any uh, response. Did so you just retweet the yeah. the old one? I think I might have removed it. Anyway. Oh, well, yeah, you don't want. We don't want your parents yeah. finding it. Or... No, they don't know. <laughs> they love. They I love, think my dad does have. They a love Twitter, porn. They love, my dad loves porno. It's a private. I'm my dad loves a porno. Him. He wrote it. He wrote yeah. a porno. My dad wrote a porno. Um, uh, there's, there's a show in that somewhere. I think we can make some. We should. We can make some pretty good money. Yeah. Um, that actually reminds me that because um, <laughs> I think we we talked about it before how they have like the one promo image where it's like the you know the guy reading the the book and looking sad and the other two people laughing. Um, so friend of the friend of the podcast uh, Joe who uh, just spent the last month or so last six weeks working at the Edinburgh Festival. Um, he's in a, a group chat with uh, myself and other friend of the show. Mike Bigby, uh, co-host of the the AdCast podcast, and he would regularly send us the uh, posters for the worst looking shows he could find. And there are some, there were some real doozies. Uh, there was a <laughs> a uh, friendsicle, an improvised friends musical. Uh, that was that was a particular like low point. I. If, <laughs> I <laughs> Uh, I think I think yeah. The only way I'd see that is if I had like some sort of uh, traumatic head injury. Um, there was one of them that actually I recognised because it did. It came around around here where we are. Like it it played locally, um, and I remember seeing the Facebook event for it and seeing the description and thinking it was so bad that I sent a screenshot of it to Mike. Um, and then lo and behold, months later at the Edinburgh Festival. It, it was a an impro- improvised Harry Potter uh, thing, where it's like, I'd, uh, yeah. yeah, that's gonna be on radio. That's gonna be on radio for at some yeah. point. I oh yeah, imagine. I mean, it's gonna be a six part series. Yeah, all of those people are gonna be on. Have I got news for you? Within five because, years, because their dad is the executive producer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All of their dads know Hugh Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, God, Christ. Yeah. That. So that was. Uh, Welcome to the Oxbridge Comedy Show. We're talking about comedy and saying everything the same way, using funny wordplay for human uh, genitalia. Oh, that uh, smells like a bad whoopsie. Whoopsie uh, doodle. That's not even. Nah, that's not even. They don't even really do that. But yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, Boris Johnson, he's got bad hair, but also, but also, he's really nice. Actually, he's, if you actually t- talk to him one on one, he's actually really Very good. Down to actually, earth. a really good guy, real nice uh, guy. Yeah, really, really, just real, real charming, really charming. My mom, actually, like, my mum's uh, his sister. So, uh, is, yeah, my mum's <laughs> his sister, and uh, Uncle and, Boris, and, we call him. And he's and he's my dad. Uh, he's my dad, and, and I. He's and everyone's I, dad, and I and I turned out fine. Yeah. Um, so, 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 um, yeah, man, that's, that's like a, I, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, not enough people kind of get angry about the fact that there is this sort of like gentrification of comedy. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, you, you're only kind of allowed to be like, I remember seeing a documentary about 
might have been the Young Ones or something mm. like that. And the guy hosting it was saying that, like, you know, like the the all the the guys from the Young Ones, like, you know, they they sort of pitched their show to the BBC. Uh, which had a reputation for being stuffy, but it what? But you know, the BBC did commission Monty Python, and he listed a bunch of oh, other shows. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, so it's like you can be like wacky and anarchic as long as you went to Oxford and Cambridge, basically. Like if you're, you know, if you're a white guy that went to Oxford, like you can be yeah. as irreverent and crazy as you want. I used to, I used to. Re- I mean, I like Life of Brian, and you know, Holy Grail's fine, but. I think yeah. I think Fine the, Circus is pretty bad. It's it's not. A lot of it really doesn't. A lot of it, the parrot a, sketch is shit. In my a, view, it's a real bummer because like the like I remember being like sixteen or fifteen and thinking like the only bits of it that like really held up were Terry Gilliam's animations because they mm. were like properly weird and and nuts and they were you know they they're always kind of just like they'd never go the way you'd expect them to go. But then it's like even those have kind of been ruined because it turns out Terry Gilliam's like a fucking like gross creep who's yeah. like mad at PC culture. They've all actually they all are like pretty much all of them apart from like Michael Palin who seems pretty cool. Um, like they're all you know especially John Cleese. But that, yeah, they're all like they're they're all like mad at like PC culture and it, it, they just seem like such grumpy old men and then it turns out that like i said terry gilliam's like a big fucking gross creep who would like you know try and grope women and shit it, it's yeah yeah that fucking sucks um but yeah i think like the monty python movies are way better than the tv show i think like flying circus there's just too much of it that is like it's just like i don't know it's you just sort of feel like well this should be funny but I'm not yeah. laughing. Like, it, yeah. Some of it, but I don't know. Yeah, you'll watch like an entire episode and there'll be like maybe maybe a laugh. Yeah. You get like just, maybe one good sketch. It's a real episode. grind to watch. It really circus. is. Yeah, I can't imagine like, because that ran for like four or five series, yeah. didn't it? And I can't imagine like sitting down <clears throat> and watching all of it now. That's just. I think it's just. Even the Goon Show, I used to really, I used to, I still enjoy listening to the Goon Show when it's on. But even yeah. then, there are times I'm just like, this is just so long ago, like it's fifties culture, yeah. and I'm just like, I have no, no idea what they're referencing. Yeah, I remember it's when I was weird. when I was about seventeen. I, I was in like in the middle of a particularly insufferable phase, uh, where I was trying to really get into Hunter S. Thompson, um, and I read, you know, I read. Fear and Loathing, um, and and the Rum Diary, and I tried to read uh, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail, which is the book. I think it's I don't know if it, I think it's like a collection of essays or whatever. But it was the book that Hunter S. Thompson wrote while he was like writing. He was like doing his political writing for the the nineteen seventy two election when it was. Uh, I think I think Nixon was running for re-election. And it was just like, I just, like I was you know I was again I was like seventeen and I was like well you know I know Hunter S Thompson I like the way he writes uh, and I know who Richard Nixon is because of Futurama um, so I was like yeah fine I'll I'll try and it was just it's like just the densest fucking like like you said it's from so long ago and he's talking about so many people I've never ever heard like I got no context for all these names 
Yeah. Like, like Jim, talking about like Jim McGovern and like people like that. Just all these like American politicians from like, you know, from like 40 years ago. And it's just like, it, it's, I feel like, I don't know. It's like the, the way that like, you know, with Twitter, the way it is now, everyone knows the name of everybody that works in the Trump White House. But that feels like a fairly new thing. I feel like even under Obama, I didn't yeah. really know all of these names of all no. these people. But it's like that level of detail of knowing everybody in like in the White House. But again, from like 40 years ago, from like the early 70s. So it's just like it got even less of a chance of understanding what the fuck is going on, who he's talking about, jokes that he's making about like, polit- you know, I'm just, oh, so they, they probably fucked up something huh like you know just like i felt like as it felt like that simpsons episode with like where they're reading mad magazine and millhouse is like they're really sticking it to that spiro agnew guy he must work there or something it's just like yeah you're just sort of just from context clues trying to work out who these people are and i i gave up after like a couple of chapters i was just like i can't this is i'm just never ever gonna understand who all of these people are and what's going on I know that, like, Nixon ended up winning the election. Mm-hmm. So it's like, overall, you know, the ending is spoiled for me anyway. I'm not going to get anything out of any of the rest of this. Like, it's, yeah. 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 What other stuff doesn't hold up from when we were teenagers? Um, what was I watching? Oh, I was going to recommend, because mm. I remember watching it when I was younger, a film called What's Up? I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't think I would now. I was going to recommend it on a, it's called What You Heard of What's Up Tiger Lily by Woody Allen. It's where they take a, it's a James, but Japanese James Bond film that they've dubbed over. Right. So it's funny. Okay. But it's kind of racist. Oh. Right. <laughs> I used to watch it and I thought, this is funny. And I was it's... like, oh, actually, this is kind of, this is kind of racist. Yeah. And it's, you say it was a Woody Allen film? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's another whole other Cause layer. Because I wanted of... to, because there was one scene where they're like looking at a map and uh, this is, this is this is his the map of his house and he's away. He lives in the map. No, no. Anyway, that was a joke. <laughs> Great so joke. It's, so it's like a like mystery science theater basically, but like a kind Woody of. Allen but film. they just dub over with stuff that isn't doesn't really quite make sense. And there's like yeah. instead of like the bad guy wanted to take over the world, he's like, I want the recipe for the best egg salad. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Uh, but I only remember it because um, Love and Spoonful did the music for the film. Cool. Yeah. So it does. It. I just, I just remember. I, I remember seeing briefly on the internet. What's up, Tiger? And I watched it. Again. I was like, Oh my god, this is really bad. <laughs> uh, speaking of things yeah. that were racist about Asian people, that SNL guy uh, is. Did he get fired yet, or is he still? No, I haven't really been following all that, so I don't really know. But. Um, uh, it's kind of a shame because it is like, <clears throat> really, it should like the, the 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 headline of it should be that like Bowen Yang is now a cast member because I like Bowen Yang a lot. He's very funny, and I can't believe that he's the first ever Asian cast member of SNL. That seems completely insane. It's but you know that shows me going forty five fucking years, and they've never they haven't like, yeah apparently he's the first uh, yeah first like whatever it is like Southeast Asian uh, uh, cast member. Um, so it's like, you know, like SNL mainly fucking sucks, but yeah, Bowen Yang's funny. So maybe, maybe he'll be good on it, but yeah, it's all been kind of overshadowed by this guy who, uh, yeah, said a bunch of racist stuff on a podcast, excuse me, which you never catch us doing. 
because um, we're very woke. Also, we would never get hired right on SNL. Um, although, I mean, well, I mean, if we did get offered, we'd we'd say no, obviously. I've never. In, I, I I'll admit I've never actually watched. Well, we, in in protest of their, I, I live uh, in England. So in I, protest of their treatment of Chevy Chase, we would uh, we would we wouldn't take it. We wouldn't take those jobs. The only um, American stuff that I know culture is Simpsons, Frasier, Friends, mm. and any other crappy sitcom. Oh, well, Frasier's 90s, Canadian. Early two thousands. So. You know, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, Third Rock from the Sun, Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, you know man. all those things. That first season of Third Rock from the Sun is so fucking good. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a, a lot of it. A lot of Third Rock from the Sun is really good, but that first season is like. It's as, it's as good as like Forty Towers. Like it's, it's so fucking funny. There was one episode I saw ages ago where um they have something like the NAACP, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, why can't there be a group for people like me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I he's because he's yeah, an alien, really, he doesn't understand. Yeah, he's like yeah. trying to like yeah, he's trying to find like what group he fits with, like what like ethnicity he can claim to be. And it, yeah, I remember that episode. God, it's yeah. I remember listening to an interview with um, John Lithgow uh, a few years ago, and like he he admitted that he still like he still tapes episodes of Third Rock from the Sun and watches them, like when he's uh, like in between when he's like doing plays or whatever, like you know, sort of like in between, you know, in between shows or whatever, because he just he just enjoyed making the show so much, and he still finds it so funny, which I thought was that's kind of sweet because a lot of. A lot of actors like deliberately avoid watching their own work. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like that with my music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you mm. shouldn't be. You're great. Yeah. You're great. Well, Check out Lawrence's music, guys. We haven't plugged that before. Lawrence made a Lawrence made an album. Like a couple in of years 2015. Ago. It's yeah. kind of old hat now because I've moved on in many ways. But yeah, but it's still, it's it's you know he's like uh like it's I gonna be like it's gonna be like that uh, searching for Sugarman documentary. Yeah. You're gonna be like I'm gonna be like Nick Drake. Yeah, you're gonna die in a room. Well, I'm not gonna die. I'm just, get very I'm just gonna be very. I'm just gonna live in like a little bungalow somewhere and be really old. We yeah. really like your music, and I'm like, well, where were you forty years ago? <laughs> you can't suck my dick now. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, God. And then you'd be cancelled. Yeah, it'd be yeah. But man, that that short window where it's yeah, you suddenly get very popular. But I, I will make music again. It's just yeah. Takes, takes taking a, taking some time. Yeah, you know, good food takes a long time to cook. Yeah. So yeah, um, should we? Yeah, should we talk about some uh, cultural appropriation recommendations? Yeah. Okay, so this is the bit in the show where we take a step back from football. As opposed to you know what we were just doing, <laughs> uh, and uh, we we recommend some stuff that we like, whether it be uh, films or telly or music or uh, art or theatre or abstract concepts that we just think are good. Um, Lawrence, what do you what do you got for us this week? Okay, the record I would like to recommend is by a band I can't. I don't know how to pronounce their name. It's Kurangbin. Have you heard of them? No. They're kind of. It's um, not. And the album's called uh, Con Todo El Mundo, which I think just means uh, with everyone. And uh, they kind of just do instrumentals. And it's not really um, singing a verse, chorus, verse. It's just 
lots of kind of psychedelic, kind of funky, mm. jam kind of music. It's funky. It's pretty funky. It's pretty good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mm. It's a pretty good, pretty good record. I would recommend it. Con Todo okay. El Mundo. Con Todo by El Mundo. Kurang Bin. It's K H R U A N G B I N. Kurang Bin. It's a pretty That's, good record. It's cool. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was watching on BBC iPlayer. I don't know if it's still on the iPlayer, but um, I did quite enjoy uh, the White House and Mortimer Gone Fishing. I don't know if you watched. <laughs> Excuse me. I just. Breathe in a little bit of saliva. Um, no, I haven't got around to watching uh, Gone Fishing. I do listen to Bob Mortimer's uh, football podcast, which I suppose is a football podcast in the same way that this one is, um, Atletico Mints, which is um, just genius. Him and Andy Dawson um, basically just doing a bunch of sketches, uh, you know, using real life football people, but just using it as a jumping off point to do these ridiculous silly sketches. But yeah, I've heard I've heard Gone Fishing is, is very, very good. It's it kind of goes it's kinda of like not exactly like the trip by with Steve Coogan and Rob Barden, but mm. um it goes from like, you know, they do sort of banter back and forth, little funny bits while they're fishing to sort of a bit more sadder things. Like he talks about like Paul White has talked about his dad dying and things like that. Yeah. And they both having like heart transplants or no heart trans um heart heart, heart by- attacks, yeah heart bypass surgery and all this sort of thing not transplants but yeah uh, yeah, yeah so yeah. it goes from sort of being funny to sort of oh how sad to oh funny again it's and it's hard. yeah it's quite good but there's like yeah there's a lot of sort of nice nice scenery like yeah. you know the like the British countryside and whatnot like you know that's that's always nice and soothing so yeah it kind of reminds me. Um, Bob Mortimer of how I used to be when I would go fishing with uh, my dad and my my uncle and mm. my cousin and uh, yeah I was just I wasn't really into the fishing I was just more into <laughs> just messing around <laughs> and my and my uncle would get annoyed at me because I was just, you know chasing all the fish away <laughs> yeah well you know a fisherman will be the first one to tell you fishing is not necessarily about catching the fish is it you it's know? about you know Taking in the lovely scenic view and yeah, just listening. And then a dog comes along and quiet. eats your bait. And yeah, and uh, then you there you go. You caught a dog. There's something better than a fish. You caught a caught yourself a land mammal. I caught a dog. Damn. Caught a caught a dog. Uh, <laughs> so that's 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 your uh, that's your, your your two two hot picks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the mood right the fuck down. Um, with my two recommendations, I'm going to recommend a, a couple of albums because it's been. If you're a fan of like indie music or alternative music in any way, it's been a rough week or so. Um, as we record, like to, to, so, as we record this on uh, whatever today is, it's Monday. Um, news broke earlier today of uh, Rick Okasik of the Cars passing away. Um, and that's that's a tough one because the cars uh, were uh, and still are fucking incredible. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people sort of maintain that that first Cars album is pretty much untouchable. And I, I would say definitely go back and listen to it because it is nuts for a debut album. It's just got so many bangers on it. Like it is kind of like a it's like a just a mini greatest hits and they had like more hits like that's what's great like the car's greatest hits is one of the greatest greatest hits ever 
because um, there's just so many good songs on it. Um, and then, you know, Enrico Kasich in particular, after the Cars ended, you know, sort of uh, ended up producing the first Weezer album um, and, did, you know, did a bunch of great stuff as well. Um, the guy was just a, just, yeah, one of those people that, just a really special songwriter, um, always managed to kind of walk that line between, like, the the weird and the accessible um, you know, just like incredibly kind of like catchy pop tunes, but you know, he had kind of a you know weird way of singing, and a lot of his lyrics were kind of you know sometimes quite odd and dark. But he would just uh, yeah, just the way those the way those Cars songs are, are are played and the way they're produced are just man, yeah, just so so good. Um, and then last week uh, we lost Daniel Johnston uh, as well, who um, again, I mean, yeah, you want to talk about like influential songwriters i mean like that guy there's so I, well like i said I'll, I'll recommend the first cars album to listen to but there's like specifically i mean daniel johnston was just so prolific that he just you know he put out so much stuff um that you know it can be a bit daunting and difficult to know where to start but i'll recommend there's a compilation called uh the late great daniel johnston that i think rhino records put out uh, a few years ago um, and basically what it is, it's like a two disc compilation where the first disc is like a collection of, uh, like Daniel Johnston's sort of most well-known songs, I guess it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a great, you know, I wouldn't call them hits, but it's kind of like a, you know, it, it's all of his sort of most popular well-known songs, um, kind of collected together. And the second disc is all of those songs being, uh, covered and reinterpreted by other artists. Uh, cause Daniel Johnston was so kind of like, you know, the great thing about it is that like he had such a, I guess all of his, <laughs> all of his problems, all of his mental illnesses that he dealt with. I mean, he had, you know, he had bipolar, he had schizophrenia, he had a bunch of other stuff. Um, but he just had this obsessive attention to detail when it came to melody, uh, that meant he was an incredible songwriter, even though like his early stuff is just recorded on like a crappy little tape recorder and this is like in like you know the early 80s so you know it's very very rough and scratchy if you listen to it now but it's just him playing you know like maybe a piano or an acoustic guitar or uh like a you know an organ um and he's just you know just singing and it's just him and whatever instrument he's playing uh but it's yeah it, it's it's like i said the dna of those songs still comes through even though the quality of the recording is incredibly crappy so when you hear those songs being covered by other artists, you kind of it is kind of mind blowing. It's sort of like sort of like with Bob Dylan, the way that like, you know, technically he wasn't the most gifted musician or the best singer, but there's just something in the way he wrote those songs that other artists just immediately noticed and were able to see the 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 value in them. And it's yeah, like I said, you know, that that second disc is it's got people like uh, Beck, Eels, Tom Waits, The Flaming Lips, Sparkle Horse has got just a uh, a murderer's murderer's row of uh, of um, amazing artists covering his songs, uh, TV on the radio, Bright Eyes, Clem Snide, just yeah, so so many uh, great artists covering amazing songs by Daniel Johnston, uh, who yeah passed away last week. I think he was fifty eight. Um, very very deeply troubled man um i mean you know there's the documentary the devil and daniel johnston which i think is quite famous that people can watch if you kind of want more 
more of an insight into that. But yeah, just a just a really really special songwriter um, who just influenced everyone. You know, if you're a fan of like alternative music at all, um, you you know we, you you owe something to Daniel Johnston. Um, so it, it's yeah, real real shame um, that he's he's not with us anymore. So like I said, I was gonna bring it all the way down in terms of mood and that's what I did but yeah check out those two uh, those two albums the late, late great Daniel Johnston and uh, The Cars first album self-titled debut album The Cars um, I feel like we should do something else to I feel like I bummed everybody out uh, we should just talk about something well, else more light before we go <clears throat> okay I'll, I'll recommend just another record and that I I posted online, but no one seemed to notice. Why does no one notice me online? Um, another record that I really, really enjoyed. I thought it was like the greatest. Uh, I sort of hyped hype, hype it up as like the greatest album I'd ever heard. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to look in my liked videos. And the album is called... Oh, okay. It's just called uh, Spin by a band called Spin huh. from 1976. Nice. And uh, I think the band was originally, I think they were a band from uh, Netherlands. Uh, I think they mm. were just called Exception, but it's E-K-ception. Mm. And, uh, but they had like a sort of alternate band called, and uh, I thought this album was just mind-blown me because, it, again, it's just purely instrumental. There's no singing or anything. Yeah. And it's only 38 minutes song, but I was just like, wow, that album was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Mm. So, yeah, another record y'all can check out. Yeah, so you've got some homework to do, guys. Um, get up on, on all that on all that, all that shit. Um, we got any Bigfoot updates? There's no, no more developments there, uh, is there? Not really. No. I should really... Um, don't know whether I've... Uh, no, I won't recommend it because it's not really a podcast. It's kind of boring for a podcast, but I just I get my news from it. Well, but, I mean, anyone um, listening to podcasts is you know they're listening to this. So, far. so it's I don't know if anybody's uh, looked up those uh, documentaries that I recommended last last week. Mm. But uh, anyway, uh, that's all. Nothing really is happening. It's just same old crap. Yeah, <clears throat> they still haven't found him. No. Um, and uh, have you? Is Pez out yet? Have you played? Well, you, I don't have you, it, but um, it is out, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I will you, hopefully get it when it's my birthday, which won't be it's only a couple of months away. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Waiting for them to work the bugs out for yeah, you. Get you all get. the That's... DLC updates and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but then FIFA will be coming out in a couple, maybe last next week or the week after. I don't know. But, mm. And I, I looked at the gameplay for FIFA and I was just like, People pay 60 quid for this. This is terrible. <laughs> like, it, oh, but it has the kits and it's got great graphics. And it's just, yeah. the gameplay sucks. Like, why are people playing this game? It's, yeah. I think that I haven't, I haven't played a FIFA game since FIFA, I want to say FIFA 06 on the GameCube. Mm. Um, and it was, yeah, it was the same, like, it was the same thing. It was the, the gameplay really, like, put me off. I was just like, this is too, I can't, like, yeah, I just, about, it's just not intuitive uh, yeah. or fun. Like, it's just, yeah. From about FIFA 9 to 12, they were good. Mm. But then um, when the next gen of consoles came out, and then Pez, oh dear, sorry, Pez, uh, you know, somehow uh, massively improved because the PlayStation 3 era of Pez wasn't particularly great. Mm. But, I mean, Pez 2010, Pez 2009 were all right, but... Um, 
and some some have said that post twenty thirteen. But anyway, it's all silly. And yeah. uh, but yeah, uh, compared to Pez twenty twenty to FIFA twenty, I'm just like, my God, Pez is so many. I mean, it yeah. has problems. I mean, it's yeah, but nobody's perfect. It's it's light years ahead in terms of gameplay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, uh... But it, all the all the little kiddies will want to play FIFA, won't they? That's because it, yeah, that's why yeah, it sells the most. The names they recognise. Yeah. yeah. It's it's big, and it's like the the soundtrack's always big, isn't yeah. it? Like they always get like you know all the hit bands. Yeah. All the cool hit bands. All yeah. Be in FIFA, but boils down to maybe about four or five good songs. Like it's yeah. And I saw um, they have those like esports things where people play FIFA, and it's just like yeah, just shove they shove their team with all the same players, all the same Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar. Just hold sprint, shoot, hold sprint, shoot. It's all you have to do. It's, yeah, you can. It's just nothing. Sounds like you should become one of those esports guys. You got to figure it out, man. <laughs> I'm 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 too old. <laughs> it's, it's a young man's I think game. I'm, I think it's a young man's game. Yeah. <laughs> You can oh, you become a coach. You can be like I said, we talked like David Luiz earlier. You can be like you can, you can be like yeah, yeah. You whippersnappers uh, don't. You even... should all listen to this clown. Yeah, we. If I want to know how to how to juggle. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you want to know how to how uh, to do a cut, how to do the loop de loop on the little mini bike. Yeah, how to uh, you know spray someone in the face with a, a fake flower that's full of water. You're yeah, the guy. I go to David Luiz. That yeah. clown. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. Oh man, that's made me sad again. Thinking about David Luiz. Um, still, still nothing for that uh, Disney uh, tweet. No, it's just a live update. Come on, people, work. Maybe you should pay to promote it. That could be that's an option on Twitter. I, I, you can I am pay not to giving. I'm not I've, giving these people money. Yeah, I'm a freeloader. <laughs> I'm a free market freeloader. Um, that's what the free market's all about getting everything for nothing yeah and it's good and we have to yeah, we, we have to respect yeah, yeah. that we love who cares if they keep tabs on everything I do and say and... Mm. Um, I've been drinking Heineken this episode by the way folks that's the that's the can check yeah. we haven't done a can check for a few weeks but uh, it's uh, yeah back to the uh, back to the refreshing refreshing Heineken um, it's uh, yeah I, I, speak, I, that's, I suppose that's apt, isn't it? Because Champions League's back this week, isn't it? No, oh, yeah. They're a big sponsor of uh, the Champions League. It's quite funny. Uh, Mark, Gold, Mark Goldbridge was talking about, well, I'm going to do a live streamathon of uh, Napoli-Liverpool games. Like, or <laughs> you could just, why not just watch it on BT? Yeah. Why would I want to watch you yeah, he's, watching like... the game? I mean, I, would, I, did, I only did it for the Arsenal game because I, I saw it come up in my field. I was like, this would be quite funny to watch. Yeah. I, I don't like. I just thought it'd be quite funny. See it through that. the filter of... I wouldn't watch him regularly. Our generation's biggest uh, football brain. Just, yeah. <laughs> Man. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's us. That's the Junior Funners. Look us up on the Facebook and the Twitter. Uh, we, we mentioned earlier, we're, we're all on there. Uh, at Junior Funners. We're on Facebook as well, just under... Just search for Junior Funners. If it tries to correct it to Junior Gunners, tell it, tell your computer or your phone, no, I know what I said and I meant it. Yeah. Uh, same with Google as well. Don't, don't let, don't let big tech push you around, folks. That's what we learned. That's what we learned when we were trying to find a uh, a, a hosting site for yeah. the podcast. Uh, a lot of these, a lot of these big. A lot, t- a lot of these podcast hosts just want your money. Yeah. Well, we found a good place that hasn't betrayed us so far yeah 
so yeah, we're we're happy with uh, with Castbox. If they want to, if they want to get on board as a sponsor, then uh, you know, hit us up. Or uh, yeah, you can you can get in touch with us the old-fashioned way, uh, by which I mean email. Uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> sorry, I'm not gonna give out your home address Fax so people machine. can uh, send us yeah post. Uh, but uh, yeah, juniorfunners at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, if you got any any questions, comments, queries. Uh, you know, um, wedding invites. Well, we, you know, we can get... do a live podcast at your wedding. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very in right now. A lot of people, are, a lot of people are doing. Podcast We'd like to do weddings. that. Do a live show where we. That yeah, just at the wedding book, reception. Book, uh, book somewhere in uh, in uh, I don't know, Bournemouth, Southampton, or London somewhere, and just a live show would be. I mean, that's that's sort of that's the goal of every podcast is starting now, isn't it? Getting enough. Getting enough traction to do live stuff and make money from that because that's the only way to make money now as a creative person is to do do stuff live. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, that's yeah. If you're you know if you're booking live podcast stuff, then uh, then I know that the like I think I said on a previous episode, I think the football ramble guys are are on tour at the moment and they are they are coming around around these parts. If we can get like an opening slot with them, you know, do just do, do a, a support act. Do, yeah, do a tight, <laughs> tight thirty minutes in front of uh, you know in front of their crowd. I'm sure I'm sure they'd love us. Um, you know, after a, how much we've talked shit about we talked shit, but we've all we're football just, fans. It's what we do. We're the new guys. We're just coming in. We're mm. just starting shit, mm. raising hell because we need to shake things up. Exactly. Yeah. Football podcast, and it's all a bit. Boring. The landscape's so stale. This this is not your daddy's football podcast. That's for damn sure. You know, we don't give a we don't we don't give a a a, a, a damn toot. Anyway, bye.